0: Listening to Life of Revival Radio with Pastor Zachary Weber. If you have your Bibles, open up to the book of Acts, chapter 7. Father, thank you for this night. Bless this night. Bless the reading of your word. And uh, Father, I pray that you would anoint every ear to hear. And I ask that every heart would be receptive to receive that which the Spirit of God has for your people, Father. I feel in my spirit that this will be a night of acceleration for many under the sound of my voice. That this will be a night of acceleration. That this will be a night where you do change levels. And that which you've been seeking the Lord for, it shall come. It shall come. The answer shall come for those with ears. For those with understanding. For those who receive revelation tonight, you will excel. Hallelujah. Acceleration. Glory to God. Father, we love you. We bless you. Thank you for this service. Bless it into the hearts of your people, and let it be a seed that's planted in their hearts that will produce fruit, 30, 60, 100-fold, in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. And amen. Actually, I'm going to have you open to Acts 2. We'll go to Acts 7 in a moment. But in Acts chapter 2, in, uh, in verse 1, it says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord and they were in one place. Kind of sounds like tonight. Amen. Who's in agreement with what God's doing here? Okay. One accord and we're in one place. Amen. They were all within one accord in one place. And suddenly, everybody say Suddenly. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a uh, rushing, mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. So there was a flame for every name. There was a flame for all 120. Amen. There wasn't a flame for just one or two or three or half the crowd, or for the lucky ones, the blessed ones. All everyone in the room, boom. There was a flame. There was a fire. It says that, they, that, that there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled. Everyone say, they were all filled. Every one of them, everyone in the building was filled with the Holy Ghost. All of them. Amen. All of them. What does that tell me? You know, what are we in the year 2020? What are we, chopped liver? I mean, we, we, don't, we just get to look back longingly about what God used to do in Acts chapter 2, 2,000 years ago when God would move. No, I'll, I'll say this, if Peter, James, and John needed the Holy Ghost to get the job done, to do that which God called them to do, if they needed the Holy Ghost 2,000 years ago, how much more do we need the Holy Ghost in 2020? Can you say Amen. If they needed the Holy Ghost, if Philip needed the Holy Ghost when he went to Samaria and there was great joy in the city and it turned the city upside down, if Philip needed the Holy Ghost, how much more in Coshocton, Ohio, do we need the Holy Ghost? And we need people filled with the Holy Ghost. Where are the Stephens, the deacons that are filled with the Holy Ghost? Where are the Philips? Amen. Someone says it was for the age of the apostles. Well, actually, Stephen was a deacon. Actually, there was 120 that all went out, and they were doing the works of Jesus. Are you with me? So they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. That tells me, everyone in this room tonight, you can get a fresh touch. You can get a fresh encounter. You can get refilled, refired, retired. No, you're not going to get retired. Amen. Hallelujah. You're going to get refired. Amen. Every person under the sound of my voice, you don't have to leave here without getting filled. It'd be like going to a restaurant and not getting anything to eat. Well, whose fault is that? Did you order anything? Did you place a demand? Did you say, I'll have this. I want this. I'm going to receive this. I'm going to take what's being served. Are you with me? You can go to a table. It's filled with food. But whether you reach out and receive tonight, that's up to you. Are you with me? There could be a table full of food. Whether you go and you eat it and fill your plate and stuff your face, that's totally up to you. Amen. So tonight, whether you receive what God is doing, which I know what he wants to do. Amen. And he already showed me when I was getting Edie and iced tea. Amen. He showed me what he wanted to do tonight, what he wanted to manifest. He already showed me. I already know what he wants to do. Amen. For the most part. I mean, there, I'm sure there's a few other things. I have no idea. Amen. Some things I'm just along for the ride. Amen. But, but I, I got an idea. Amen. And I know he wants to fill people tonight afresh with his spirit. Are you with me? Who's going to receive? you got to reach out and take it. you got to reach out and say, Lord, I want that tonight. Lord, I'm hungry. Lord, I'm thirsty. Amen. Hallelujah. They were all filled I'm telling you, we're going to have those services at the River Church from now until Jesus comes. That I believe we're going to see services. I'm just prophesying here where every person who walks in leaves changed. Every person who walks in leaves healed. Every person who walks in leaves free. Every person who walks in is filled with the Holy Ghost. I mean, I remember when I first came to Coshocton and then the Lord told me to start the church and I started the church and You know, I I saw the meetings where people would fall under the power and they'd get healed. And not in my meetings, but I saw people who had those kind of meetings. I thought that was the advanced stuff. You know, I thought that that kind of ministry, it's like, well, for one, I thought you had to at least be 50 plus, you know. Because all the ministers who moved in any kind of power, I noticed they were older, you know. So in my mind, I thought, you know, I could never have those kind of meetings, you know. And that's what I thought starting a ministry. But then the Lord told me, he said, well, you have not because you asked not. And I remember the night that this happened. Uh, up until this point, we'd started the church. I'd never seen anyone fall under the power at the church. You know, I never really saw that. And I thought, you know, Lord, we're a Pentecostal church. I mean, isn't it right that people kind of experience your presence like that and experience your power? I said, so, Lord, I, you said that I have not because I asked not. So I, I remember I was driving. I was making a, a left onto Browns Lane, and, and uh, I said, Lord, I ask tonight that every person I lay hands on, that they would ex- encounter your presence, that they'd encounter your power. And, and I said, Lord, I ask that they'd fall under the power. I mean, I just asked him to do that, you know, and, uh, you know because that's a blessing. Amen? Come on, who, who knows? Yes. Boom. I mean, that's God's operating table. Are you with me? When you fall under the power of God, that is God. He's operating on you. Some of you want to get up off the operating table too soon. You go out under the power and you're trying to get up real quick. You know, you wouldn't do that if you were getting real, sur- you know, like a surgery. you imagine? You're all cut open and then they're trying to do something. You just say, okay, I got to go. I got I to go to work in the morning. And you <laughs> your organs are all exposed. Come on. You just got to let God do the work. It's God's operating table. Amen. So, so I asked him to do that, and I, I, I went and we started the service, and I led the worship on a guitar, and, and we were in an old daycare. And, and then I remember at the, at the end, I said, "Okay, we'll say this with me. The Lord is good. His mercy endures forever." They all said it. And then I, but in my heart I said, "Lord, I want, I, want, I want you to move tonight. I want you to touch. I want you to pour out your spirit tonight." And I said, "Lord, how?" And then the Lord kind of told me to do this. He said He said, "Ask the people." Who wants a touch from God tonight? And, so, uh, and, and, and uh, so I said, okay. And so I said, who in this place wants a touch from God tonight? I said, just raise your hand. Well, what do you think happened? When I asked the congregation, who wants a touch from God tonight, what do you think happened? Every hand went up. <laughs> yeah, of course, I want a touch from God. You know, they didn't know I was going to do this next part. So I said, who wants a touch from God? Just raise your hand. And they all raised their hand. I said, okay, we got them. I said, I want every person who raised your hand to stand to your feet. And then everyone stood to their feet. I thought, wow, okay. So then the Lord told me, he said, have them all line up. So I said, and now I want every person standing. I want you to line up right on the front. This is right after the worship. And I'd never done anything like this. But I figure, I don't have anything to lose. The church is new. If nothing happens... Hey, you know, at least, you know, you got to put yourself out there sometimes. If you've never seen a sick person healed, you probably never pray for the sick. So I said, I want every person to line up. And so everyone lined up. And we probably had about 15, 16 people just lined up. And uh, then I realized, oh no, what if someone does fall out and we don't have catchers? We had a cement floor, no catchers. You know, and I don't want someone to like give me a courtesy drop where they just fall down because they feel bad for me, and you know what I mean? And, you know, and I don't want someone to fall and hurt themselves and think there's a catcher, so I, I didn't know what to do. So my dad was still alive at the time, and I looked over at mom and dad, and I said, help me catch. So I had mom and dad catching, and, and then I learned, do never never have Linda Weber behind a purse? I don't know what I was thinking. I mean, having her catch. You know what I mean? And so, and so I, I begin to lay hands on people, and as my hands... Which, you know, I'm not a heavy handed person. Some ministers, it's like you're going to go down because they're going to push you down. I don't, that's why. I mean, it, to me, it's not about falling down. It, it, you know, so I'm very light, I'm very gentle at how I touch people, you know, because, you know, you could put your hand on someone's head, push it back, and hurt them. Are you with me? Yes. And so we're careful about that. When you lay hands on someone, you don't want to push their head back. You can seriously <laughs> injure a person. Amen. All right, so uh, so I, I just lightly begin to touch them, and as I begin to lay hands on them, boom, they begin to fall under the power of God. And uh, then I was glad it was the Holy Ghost because Mom's standing there, and, and I went to lay hands on it. Notice Mom's like kind of looking at me, and I could tell by that look in her eyes she wasn't seriously going to catch this person. I mean, and and uh, you know what I mean, like. So I laid hands, and they fell, and she just kind of like put her hands like this and let them drop, you know. So. But thankfully, you know, it was the Holy Ghost, they fell out, and you know, Hallelujah. <laughs> so, so then I, I went to this man who one of the members of our church brought, it was her son, who never been around. He had not been to church since he was a little boy. And so I go over and I touch him, and, and he was addicted to alcohol. And when I touched him, the, the Lord threw him into the wall. It was amazing. You know, and I looked at my hand. I I thought, I better watch where I point this. (laughs) You know, because God was just, boom. The power of God was hitting these people. And I touched this guy. And he flew into the wall. Boom. And then he went in the sitting position. He he slid down the wall like a drunk person. And he was beside himself immediately. He was drunk in the Holy Ghost. And every person, and then I remember I laid hands on mom. she, She went out. And then my dad. Now, my dad would not put anything on for anybody. He was no nonsense. Trust me, my dad was just not that kind of guy. And I go over to dad and he was the last person standing and I remember looking at him and I just started laughing and he just said no, he didn't want me to touch him. He didn't, want, he didn't want hands laid on. And he just went like this and shook his head and he wanted to go sit down and I just smiled and I shook my head, yes, you know, I'm having fun here. I, I never saw this, you know? And I just looked and I felt the anointing on me and I just raised my hand and, and the moment I touched him, Boom, he went out under the power of God, and, and, and God moved, and everyone was out under the power except me. I just, you know, I think I remember just playing Candy Crush on my phone for a little bit because they were down for a long time. You know, I was just 22, just starting out, and, <laughs> and uh, so anyway, God moved everyone in there left, filled. Everyone in there left with an encounter from God. That's what this church is here for. We, we are here to be, I mean, this used to be a bar. What would people do? They would come in expecting to get alcohol, to get drunk. This ministry should be a place where people should expect when we come, we're going to receive from heaven. Whatever that looks like for them. Are you with me? Whether it's a heavenly download, whether they get set free from drugs or alcohol or whatever it is, or whether they get they get just filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in the Holy Ghost, whatever it is. That's what this ministry is here for. Amen. And God, ever since that day, he's moved, and, and every service is different. Who appreciates that about the river, that it's not like copy-paste service? Who, who appreciates that? I'm, I appreciate that because I would get bored. Are you with me? You think everything's up to me. We just follow instructions from heaven. And so God began to move like that. And, and so I remember one day I was living in the motor home at this time, and I get into the motor home, and I was just, we had just got out of an amazing Sunday morning. I mean, the service didn't get over till 1 p.m., and no one wanted to leave. You know, that's supernatural. I remember it's 1145, and I'm like, I am ready to go. You know, at, when I was sitting in churches, you know. And, uh, you know, I'm like, I'm ready to go. But when God's moving, I want to stay. You know, if he's not moving, okay, well, let's just wrap it up. You know what I mean? (laughs) Who knows what I'm talking about? And the preacher just wants to get all of his points in. But I'm like, you know, if God's moving, I'm happy. So we just got done at one, and and I remember someone posted on Facebook about that service. They didn't go to the church, but they said, me and my husband just drove by a a service, and they were still going at one. I remember when our church used to be like that. You know, it's like, oh, (laughs) come to the river, (laughs) you know? And so... So anyway, we, um, I, I get in the motorhome and I just get on my knees and I said, oh God, you are so free to come and move at the river. Anytime you want to come in and move and touch people, you are so free to move. And I thought that was a good prayer. Who would think that's a good prayer to tell God you can come in and move until the Lord rebuked me over it you believe that he rebuked me and he said he said I will move and I will come and I will touch my people and he said if you ever try to stop me I'll remove the anointing from your life and I'll put it on someone else and so I got up from off the ground and thought who am I to even tell God you're allowed this is his house this is his place this is his people he's just going to come and move and when there are hungry people and there are thirsty people he will come and touch them just how it is I mean, who are we to give him permission? We don't give him permission. He gives us permission. In fact, I mean, I know I pray sometimes the Holy Spirit, you, you know, we invite you. But really, we're not inviting him. He's inviting us. Are you with me? That's just kind of like, you know, we get the meaning of what we're saying. But, you know, we, he's actually inviting us to his party when he shows up. We're not inviting him to our party. Are you kidding me? If we were inviting him to our party, he would just look and say, "Uh, "Well, there's a better one over here. Why don't you just, don't we just come to my party?" (laughs) Are you kidding me? Holy Spirit, you're so welcome here. Then he shows up to some churches. He's like, "Am I? I don't feel very welcome." (laughs) They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Everyone say they were all filled. You can be filled tonight. You can be touched tonight. It says they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they, they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. So who did the speaking? No. Who did the speaking? They did the speaking. Who gave them the utterance? So who did the speaking? They did. Who gave them the utterance? The Spirit. The Spirit. You know, people, they get hung up on tongues because they think the Holy Ghost is going to come and just make you start talking. No, they spoke, and the Spirit gave them the utterance. What does that mean? As they begin to lift up their voice, and they begin to yield to those syllables that were coming to them, kada. They did the speaking, the Spirit gave them the utterance. That's how it works. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. That's right there. Amen. So, you know, as long as you're waiting for the Holy Spirit to come and just grab a hold of your vocal cords and your mouth and, uh, you know, it doesn't work that way. You actually have to speak and he will give you the, the language. And you know what? You have to totally trust him that he's going to do that. You've really got to break it down to help people. <laughs> well, you know, Pastor Zach, when I begin to pray in tongues, it just sounds like a bunch of syllables. Wow. It's almost like you got it. <coughs> Why are you hung up on that? <laughs> so they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm just going to keep going here because, you know, I, you know. they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. And it says, and they were dwelling at Jerusalem's Jerusalem's Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, when God moves, it's noised abroad. When God moves, people hear about it. When God moves, it doesn't just affect the church, it affects the entire city. Can you say amen? I mean, we see God moving here and it's affecting up in Mount Vernon. We see God moving here. It's affecting the streets. It's about to affect Shoemaker Farms. I mean, when God's moving in a church, when he's moving in a people, it gets noised abroad. Can you say amen? Amen. So when this was noised abroad, so, you know, it's like there's no such thing as a quiet revival. I mean, people want revival, but then they want it in their own packaging. They want uh, the great Baptist revival, the great Presbyterian revival. You know, you don't get to put a package on revival. You don't get to tell God how he's going to move. Some things people call it revival. It's not revival. Amen. It's not revival. Revival. A series of sermons is not revival. Revival is when God comes and he moves and he fills his people afresh. Revival is when the joy of of someone's salvation is restored. Revival is is when that fire is reignited in somebody's heart and they're on fire for God again when they're blowing smoke. Now they're on fire. Are you with me? That's revival. You shouldn't go to a revival and you leave just as dead as you walked in. You know, we did the stand, people all over the city. They, even if they didn't show up, there are people, I mean, even other pastors, you know, it's going on up there. They knew all about it. They knew more than I did, and I preached every night almost. <laughs> noise, you gotta noise it abroad. Not come here, roll around on the floor, go out the door, say no more. You gotta noise it abroad. You gotta tell someone what God's doing. So then this was Noise Abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that, that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galilean. How do we hear them in our own language, where we were born? And it goes through all the different languages. And verse 12, and it says, And they were all amazed, and they were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? But you still have that today, where you have a move of God and people want to dissect it. Verse 13, Others mocking said, These men are full of new wine. So they looked like they were drunk. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, You men of Judea, and all you who dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words, for these are not drunk, as you suppose, seeing as it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that spoken by the prophet Joel, that it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, I will pour out. Someone says, Is he willing? I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men will dream dreams, and all my servants and all my handmaidens, that's men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. Now go to Acts chapter 7. Hallelujah. Because I'm getting somewhere with all of this. Like I said, we're not going to be here all night. But thank God for the word that produces fruit in our life. Acts 7, in verse 22, it says, And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians, and was mighty in both words and deeds. And when he was a full 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. And seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended him, and avenged him who was oppressed, and smote the Egyptian. Smote means he killed him. In verse 25, For Moses supposed that his brethren would have understood how that God by his hand would deliver them. But they understood not. Even the people you're sent to reach, they're not going to understand what God's really called you to do. People didn't understand Jesus. Hello. They wanted to kill him. They didn't understand Moses. Moses was the deliverer that God sent to them. They didn't understand it. Isn't it amazing how there are these great men of God, Smith Wigglesworth, Lester Summerall, John G. Lake, Isn't it amazing how the body of Christ just love these men of God after they die? It's like after they're dead, then the body of Christ realizes what they had. Isn't that true? But then while they're on the earth, no one really appreciates them much. Some of the greatest ministries that have ever been on the globe are on the globe today. But People don't understand that. They think... They're just going to have the Coshocton experience of go to Wits and go to the bowling alley and they're totally out to lunch. You know some of the greatest revivals we're seeing right now. Some of the greatest miracles and healings. The dead are being raised down in Mexico. Like 20 people raised from the dead. I mean, to where they have to train the people, stop raising the old people from the dead. They need to go to heaven. No, you don't hear about that on Drudge Report. Isn't that powerful? So, They didn't understand what they had. They didn't understand that God was going to use Moses. People around you, they're not understanding how God's going to use you. Your family doesn't understand. Jesus' own brothers didn't believe in him. They didn't believe in him. So they understood not. It says, In the next day he showed himself unto them as they strove, and would have set them at one again, saying, Sirs, your brethren, why do you wrong one another? And he that did this to his neighbor thrust Moses away, saying, Who made you a ruler and a judge over us? Will you kill me as thou killed, did the Egyptian yesterday? And then Moses fled at this saying, and was a stranger in the land of Midian, where he begat two sons. And when the full 40 years were expired, Now look at this, here's Moses, he fled. Probably thought he really blew it. I mean, he killed an Egyptian. I can just picture him sitting there some nights probably, knowing that God called him to do something greater than he's doing now. And he just probably felt like he'd blown it. He's sitting there on the backside of a desert, and then one day, when 40 years had expired, suddenly there appeared to him in the wilderness of Mount Sinai, An angel of the Lord and a flame of fire in a bush. Now, he's in the desert. You know, you go into the desert, there are fires. Hello. And this bush, he sees it's on fire, but what drew him near to the bush wasn't the fact that it was on fire, but the fact that it was on fire and it wasn't being consumed. And when Moses saw it, he wondered at the sight. You know, there are things that God will do To just get your attention. Hello. And the voice of the Lord came unto him saying, I am the God of thy fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And then Moses trembled and durst not behold. And then the Lord said to him, put off thy shoes from off thy feet. For the place where you stand is holy ground. I have seen, I have seen the affliction of my people, which is in Egypt, and I have heard their groaning, and I have come down to deliver them. And now, come, I will send you to Egypt. And if you read in Exodus, that was the place, that was the moment that God anointed Moses, that God put his power on Moses to do signs and wonders. I want to ask you, we've read Acts 2 where Peter and the 120, they have an encounter with God. The fire of God fell on them. Here's Moses. He has an encounter with God. I want to ask you, have you had an encounter with God? Have you had a moment? Have you had a point in time where you had a head-on collision with the Holy Ghost? We would love for you to join us at the River Church this morning at 10 a.m. For additional information about our church, you can go on our website at www.therivercoshocton.com. You can also follow us on Facebook by going to facebook.com forward slash therivercoshocton. Hey, this is Pastor Zachary Weber. Thank you so much for listening to the broadcast this morning. I pray it blessed you in some way. Just before we go off the air, I have a very important question to ask you. If you were to die this very second, do you know for sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that you would go to heaven? You know, the Bible says that we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the Bible says that the wages of those sins is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord and the Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved and you're a whosoever so I want to pray this quick prayer over you father bless every person listening with a long and a healthy life Jesus make yourself real to them and do a work in their heart And if they have not accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, I pray that they would do so right now. Friend, as you're listening, if you want to make a decision for Jesus Christ today and receive the gift that God has for you, the free gift of salvation, I want you to pray this quick prayer with me, with your heart and your lips out loud. Just say this with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin, wash me and cleanse me, and set me free. Jesus, thank you that you died for me. I believe you've risen from the dead, and you're coming back again for me. I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. Come into my heart right now. Now just declare this, say, I am saved. I'm forgiven, and I'm on my way to heaven, because I have Jesus in my heart. Amen. Now, Father, I pray over every single person who prayed that prayer. Seal them now by your blood and by your spirit, that on that day, let not one person be missing. In Jesus' name, amen now if you prayed that prayer this morning i want you to get a hold of us and let us know you can go to therivercoshocton.com under the contact section you can let us know that you prayed that prayer it's so important that you tell people that you made a decision for jesus today it's also important to get involved in a local church you can join us this morning at the river church our service begins at 10 a.m we're located at 51 pine street right here in coshocton ohio Well, God bless you. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week, 8.30 a.m., right here on Life of Revival. God bless you.